My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode, wow, 106. (laughs) I went blank for like two seconds. Episode 106 of Legally Clueless. I'm glad you're part of the tribe. If it's your first time, first there's new episodes every Monday. And oh, you can join our online space. So on Twitter, just use the hey, wait, Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, the hashtag you should use when you tweet is a hashtag legally clueless because I really try and respond to everyone. And then on Instagram, you can find us at legally clueless podcast. So I just have to give you a heads up or a trigger warning that there is going to be a lot of mention of grief in this episode. And before I play you a snippet of the story that's coming up a little later, yeah, just know that this clip does reference that. So if you're not in a space where you can listen to stories or conversations around grief, yeah, you might want to hold off on this episode. Here's a bit of the story that's featured. My mother died. I was so grief-stricken. It got to a point where I could walk. I would try to walk and it would feel like I was walking on nails. She she took most of her clothes and planted them. My dad used to used to live for like two days. We used the, my mom's condolence book to look up most of my father's friends, called them. One of them told us he had an accident and he was at City Mortuary. Because I didn't have parents, the question was, how do we survive? The plan was to give my mom's cars to his adoptive son so that he would manage them and in turn take care of us in terms of like school fees my mother's car was in his driveway and i walked from buruburu to kayole his wife left him most of his businesses went under and his house the one he used to live in in buruburu got auctioned off his homeless living inside one of the cars he stole from our family that story is coming a little later in this episode i hope you had a good and very safe week on thursday we aka this podcast turned two years old which was super exciting for me i don't know it feels like time has really flown because it feels like one year for me i was like two how how are we a toddler (laughs) like what's happening but thank you so much for showing this podcast all this love and support and to celebrate we have a really cool animated video it was done by ronin productions i will put a link to their page in the description of this episode and the animation just captures some iconic stories that we've heard on this podcast so make sure you go and check it out on the legally clueless instagram page which is at legally clueless podcast anyway back to the other days of the week (laughs) other than thursday i can't even lie to you i'm back to where i was emotionally in march when we had we being Kenya had our first COVID case. So what we're going through is what they're calling the third wave. And it seems to be more aggressive and hitting closer to home. Of course, some vaccines are in the country. So the optimist in me is always just like, oh gosh, can we just get everyone vaccinated in time? But then there's also the reality when I log on to Twitter, especially Twitter, I don't think I scroll very far before I see a rest in peace message. And not all of them are from COVID, but it feels like they more of that and so I'm just trying not to 
panic. I'm trying to be rational. But I also fear for the people who I love, especially those who have to still leave the house, go to work. Not only because they're awesome people and I would not want them to get the virus, but also I think part of my panic is from... Yeah, I just fear grief. I, I never want to, although it's not rational, but I never want to interact with it again. And I think that accounts for most of the fear I'm currently feeling. But we just do what we can to protect ourselves, right? But that's where I am emotionally. But also this week, I think it's this week, not the week before. I'm not sure, but recently <laughs> I discovered this amazing Kenyan artist. Yes, I've already jumped into Song of the Week. I really don't want to stay on deciphering my emotions. So, Song of the Week. I discovered this really awesome Kenyan artist. I actually saw a friend of mine, shout out to Silas, tweet about him and I was like, hey, 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 who this? Christian Courier is his name and he's based in the States and his music. Oh my word. All his songs are just magic. They're so smooth. It's that just smooth music. Ah! So the one that is the song of the week is called In Your Head. But as much as that's one of my favorite songs by him, all his other songs are fantastic as well. So don't just limit yourself to listening to that one. So if you check the description of this episode, there is a link to his music. Check it out. I hope you love it as much as I do. All right, let's jump into 100 African Stories. Our storyteller's name is Gashoka, and it's a powerful story of grief, Of just how after somebody very close to you, especially somebody who is in a position of providing for you, when they pass away, you genuinely get to see how family members change, either for the good or for the absolute worst. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is uh, Francis Gachoka. I am from Nairobi. I just turned 20. When I was a child, I didn't have a lot of problems, I say. I had really nice parents. I lived in a really nice house. I just had a really nice family. So up until I was like 12, my mother died. She got sick. And I remember that period of my life, I was so grief-stricken. It got to a point where I couldn't walk. Even during the funeral, I didn't, I wasn't there because uh, I couldn't walk. Um, I was at home and my mom had been sick for a few months. And you know, as a child, when your parent is sick, you don't think much about it because in your head, they are like Superman. You know, they will get sick and come back uh, the next day looking fine. But uh when she got too sick and she had to be taken to the hospital, that's when I knew like shit had hit the fan. And she stayed there for about, uh, I think, a week. And we were left at home. My father used to come back home to like check on us, change and go back to the hospital. And we used to live with uh, um, my sister, my older sister. She used to take care of us at that time. And uh, one day, now she had gone to see mom at the hospital um, and she came back she was crying and I think I suspected something but I wasn't I didn't want to admit it um, it was like it was mostly I remember it was lunchtime because we were eating at the time when she came back and uh, she went into her room she stayed there and after a while she called us and told us what had happened and then uh, after maybe like a day 
now people started streaming in for the matanga no in like a kenyan setting the matanga which is like the funeral is a funeral or a wake people come to your house they like make contributions they try to sympathize with you so during that week was when i got sick i think i wasn't physically sick because there was nothing physically wrong with me but i couldn't walk i tried i would try to walk and it would feel like i was walking on nail so even during the whole burial situation i didn't go out to witness it because um where we we live currently is in Roy and we have an adjacent plot which is now like the burial ground so it's not like too far from home somewhere you can walk to so i wasn't able to even go so after like the whole burial world had been had ended uh, we were called for a meeting by my father me my father and my older sister and my father said uh, mom said in her dying wish that uh, her adoptive daughter be taking care of us because uh, she was in a far much better position to handle the whole family situation she had uh, a friend who died like years before and she took care of her kids there were three kids and what her oldest kid who is now my adoptive sister um was supposed to take care of us after the whole funeral um the uh, our adoptive sister came she used to live in Rongai she came with her child and her clothes and she came to live at her house and now oh, she had now started living in our house um you know when somebody comes to your home i kind of you, you feel like she's trying to change stuff which i just wanted to change uh, our whole situation and i didn't like it and plus um she even uh, she hey. <sighs> she even took uh, her my mom's clothes because um her opinion of her burial was that my okay a little bit of a backstory um my mom and her adoptive daughter didn't quite get along because um she used to claim that my mom's church was sort of a cult and uh when she now started living at our house she took most of her clothes and stuff and burnt them so after the whole after she burned my mom's clothes honestly like hapo tukulewana hapo ndio yeah tuliko sana kabisa 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 because she has not even been dead for like months and you're burning her stuff so my dad no my dad wasn't at home most of the time so he came back in the evening and i told him what happened he reprimanded her and i didn't feel like i was given a proper explanation of why she did what she did but you know you don't ask questions you just go with the flow so this we continued living together and while my father was still around she she sort of behaved she used to be nice she used to sort of care about what i do um my mom had died in april so of 2012 now in september now on my birthday even was uh it was on a friday so i had come from like my swimming lessons from school and i had come home now and my dad was waiting for me so that we can go do our shopping because he really he knew that i really loved going shopping so we went to the supermarket we went we bought stuff and we just had a really nice time and uh 
I remember when we drove back home, he unloaded the stuff we bought and he got a call from one of his friends since it was Friday. I think they were going out drinking or something and he told us bye and he left. And Kawaida, my dad used to used to leave for like two days and he's not seen or had, but he used to call. And now, at, it was on a Friday, he wasn't at home the whole weekend. He didn't come home the whole weekend. And it was now on Monday. On Monday now, we went to school and came back. And my dad was still not at home. Did not come back. And uh, my adoptive sister now started calling his friends. We used uh, my mom's condolence book to look up most of my father's friends. Called them to ask him whether they they had seen him. And uh, one of them told us um, he had an accident and he was at actually at city mortuary and uh he we just he didn't know how to tell us or who to call so my sister my my older biological sister went to city mortuary to identify the body and do the like the whole burial thing and um you know just the typical burial thing we did the week of mourning and then we buried him and the day now the funeral um i wasn't sick that day i just didn't feel i didn't want to like see him at that state of just being there just lying inside like a, like a box i just felt that i didn't want to remember him like that so even when it came time to view the body i didn't what i did was i remained behind and when the actual burial was happening i was present and i buried him and that was that that was in september now like was it in November or like October? Within those two months was when um, me and um, my adoptive sister got into a fight. And at the time when we were like at it in the fight, and it was over something really dumb, like it was over a mobile phone, I think. She quote unquote told me, Unajuaneza kugudungane kisu, nakuna kitutanifanya. Um, that's when I was like, me, I can't leave that person who can threaten me with a knife. What if one day she comes, kills me in my sleep? So I told her, you just pack and leave my house. I can't live like that anymore. So um, I called my most of my relatives to try to kick her out of my house, which she actually ended up leaving. But um, she, when she left, um, the, she, we, I couldn't, we couldn't remain with my younger sister because at the time she was too young and she needed somebody to take care of her. So. She ended up living with my adoptive brother, who is related to my adoptive sister. My mom only adopted them when their parents died. As a result, her, her brother, now her younger brother, took my younger sister, and I ended up living with my older sister, biological sister, in my parents' house. Because I didn't have parents, the question was, how do we survive? And... My folks, or mostly my mom, used to own a couple of taxis. And that's how we used to survive. And my dad used to do various businesses. So the plan was to give my mom's cars to his adoptive son so that he would manage them and in turn take care of us in terms of like school fees, upkeep and whatnot. But I personally decided that I wanted to go to boarding school because KCPE, which is like the national exam Kenya, I was like two years to KCPE. So I decided since there's nobody at home, let me just go to school. Um, So I went to school. I finished my 
two years in boarding school. And even during the holidays, I used to either remain behind in school or just go home to go home and live with my sister. But that wasn't um, an ideal situation. So that's why I preferred going to school, remaining in school. Initially, he, he was actually a really nice guy initially. We got along really well but uh i think when he now got married was when he kind of started changing um because uh that's when we started becoming a bit distance distant sorry during my schooling she used to actually send me shopping for my normal school shopping he used to pay for school trips he used to pay fees but during the last year of um school when later when I came to clear is when I found out that he hadn't been paying the school fees for like an entire year. And the director of the school um, was a, a family friend and he didn't, he, he felt that it was, it wasn't right to send me away for school fees. So he never, he never asked me any questions about school fees. When I came to clear was when he said, I owed the school about, was it a hundred thousand? Kenya shillings, which was the school fees for like the entire year. But during that year, he had paid for trips. He had uh, sent me shopping. He had sent me pocket money, but he didn't pay school fees. Now, during that um, year, when I had finished um, my class eight, I couldn't remain back. I couldn't remain in school, so I had to go back home. And when I went home, my sister, my older biological sister, sent me to his house in Buruburu. And that's when I met his wife, who was um, was a bit now emotionally abusive. And it got to a point where I couldn't handle that abuse anymore. So that's when I ran away to my mom's friend's house, which is somewhere in... She used to live in Dandora place one a place called civil servant which is not too far from Buruburu. so i walk i went to stay there for about two days and when i resurfaced i went back to his house um my adoptive brother quote-unquote said and he can't pay for my school fees anymore so as punishment i am going to not go to school for a whole year so that in his words so that's how i didn't go to school for like a whole year at the time honestly speaking it was my sister's role i saw it as my sister's role to question him about those assets because i saw it as a grown-up thing so i he will tell me things like that and i will go to ask my sister like what the hell is See, you are my sister, you tell me well, why he's refusing to take me to school. So go ask my sister and my sister would, hey, I remember she, Alini Jibungu, she actually told me in Kiswahili, and mind you, that nigga is running around with my mother's car and I couldn't even go to school. And he totally refused to take me to school. So that's how I wasted the whole of 2015 at home, just because like, she has refused to take me to school. When I questioned my older sister about the issue, she used to tell me she can't do anything about it. And mind you, she was the only person who could do anything about it because this guy, we weren't physically, we weren't related. So... She could have just taken the cars and just take me to school. So that's how I ended up wasting a whole year. In about uh, December 2015, um, we spent the holiday with him at his house. And uh, it was, uh, I think, the last week of 
2015 and they had gone out drinking now it was now on the 31st they had gone out drinking and they came back now the following day on the first there were a lot of people in that house it was like a three-bedroom house in buruburu and uh we were like 10 people because we had all of his extended family and my family in the house and since i was watching something on his laptop i decided to go upstairs to my little sister's bedroom because it was a bit quieter. I was watching a movie and suddenly the guy comes at me. He looked so angry and he started physically assaulting me. He hit me while pushing me down the stairs. He just continued uh, assaulting me and asking me whether I had taken his money. And uh, I had not even seen that money. He claimed that I had stolen like 5,000 bob from him. Honestly, I did not steal that money. And he went through my stuff. He even did a full body search on me and didn't find any money. So he again told me he can't live with a thief inside his house. So he took uh, my clothes, pushed me towards his driveway and threw my clothes to threw my clothes outside and pushed me outside. And mind you, all of that is happening. My older sister, who was present, was just there crying. She did nothing to defend me. She basically did nothing. And uh, I that day I walked from uh, Buruburu to my mom's friend who I had earlier the year previous year i had run away too i went to her place who and now she had moved to somewhere in kayole so i walked from buruburu to kayole and i was crying because i had no money somebody is accusing me that i have money and that i have not even seen so i ended up going to her place i stayed there for about a few days me and her went back to his house in buruburu to try to sort the issue out and uh, when we got there he even refused to open the door. He's like, I'm not welcoming thieves to my house. And uh, he also said that he's not paying my school fees because, again, he can't pay school fees for a thief. Those were his words. And mind you, before when he was throwing me out of his house, my mother's car, one of the cars she used to own, was in his driveway. And I walked from Buruburu to Kayole. <sighs> That thing actually pissed me off, honestly. My mom's friend, who I don't have any relation to, was like, you don't worry, I'll take you to high school. Of which she did. And after that whole episode, um, I didn't see or speak to my sister or my adoptive brother for close to like two years. That was in uh, 2016, 17, 18. About 2018, in about September, because me and my older sister share a birthday, we started talking. And we sort of forgave each other, but the trust between us honestly was broken because I later came to find out that she was the one who actually stole the cash from the guy. And because it was her fault, technically, that she took the money. She didn't even defend me. After that, uh, we had that discussion with her. I just, we weren't the same anymore because I felt betrayed. And for somebody to do that to you and they are your biological sister, it it doesn't, um, it never goes away. So we started talking, but honestly, I forgave her, but we weren't the same anymore. So we talked the whole year of 2019 and uh, in 20 
19 years i found out that she was sick and she wasn't taking her meds so she had resigned to the fact that she knew she was dying during that whole time she went to my aunt's place um the sisters to my father who took care of her up until her death even when she died she died inside her house and um she died about in April. I remember in her funeral, even though we had been talking, in her funeral, or even the day I was called and told that she had died, I didn't feel anything, honestly. I was... I wasn't relieved or, like, sad about it, but honestly, I didn't feel anything. I even thought of... I even went to the funeral. I didn't even cry. Honestly, until today, I still... It hasn't hit me yet. I know she's dead, but I don't have any feeling towards it i don't know if that makes sense but um yeah i uh i finished high school that guy who my adoptive brother who had uh taken hold of my mom's assets he actually didn't come to my sister's funeral what i had from his friend was that um his wife left him um so most of his businesses went under and his house the one he used to live in in buruburu got auctioned off so he currently now as we are speaking, he's homeless, living inside one of the cars he stole from from our family. For me, honestly, that kinda is the best revenge. And now it did make me grow up faster than most people. It cut my childhood short. But currently, I'm kind. I'm happy now because I was able to get hold of my um a few documents that my father used to have his land documents i was able to rent out our family home which was in the middle of this whole corona thing so actually i started earning rental income from my parents house during this whole corona thing so i'm blessed in that sense i just i'm just excited for the next chapter of my life which again is i don't know what's going to happen but what the hell it's life um i just like being by myself honestly because that whole situation i think uh, made me not trust a lot of people so i mostly like keeping to myself because i have seen the worst in people catch more african stories in the next episode of legally clueless man i think one of the moments at the very end that just was so heartbreaking is when he said the entire experience cut his childhood short you know going through all of that before you even turn 20 is something else i think another thing that i completely was like oh my god that's the same with me when he was talking about the day he found out that his mom had died i find that when i think about the day i found out that my mom died which weirdly enough i never forget like my mind erases things that are traumatic so i'll struggle to remember the date she died what we did for like her last birthday certain things like that but the one thing that i've always remembered down to what i was wearing is the day that we found out she had died like we got the news which is just strange i don't really understand it but yeah so when he was talking about what he was doing how he knew it was lunchtime i was like i remember details like that but all other things, very difficult for me to remember. So Gashoka actually sent his story in. Well, he sent a one-minute story demo. And then we set up a date where I'd virtually record his story. So that's how his story came to be on the podcast. So if you want to share your story as well, all you have to do is record a one-minute story demo. And then send it to the podcast 
hotline, which is plus two five four seven six eight six two eight seven nine zero. It's also in the description of this episode. Just use your WhatsApp audio note feature to record the demo and then send it via WhatsApp to the hotline. I've also been receiving quite a few audio notes about things that you identify with on this podcast. I wanted to send this voice note to thank you for sharing your journey, like the most vulnerable parts of you, the most impactful being sharing on your mom. It's really, really helped me understand my mom's grief on losing her mom. Growing up, I always thought big people should know how to <laughs> deal with their grief. So when her mom died, it really took a toll on her and I couldn't understand why because it's nothing you're taught. It's nothing you're shown how to deal with. Uh, you only learn as it comes. Till today, her mom died, I think that was 2005. Till today, she, she speaks about her mom or she talks about her mom and she just shed a tear and um, nowadays I can understand why or how she speaks so highly of her mom whom sadly I met but had a stroke for such a long time so she couldn't talk she couldn't walk so the interaction was limited so I can't relate to who she's talking about but I know because her and her siblings always you know speak so highly and so fondly of their mom so for that thank you for helping me understand my mother and her grief. I'm really glad that you can find a home on this podcast and also in terms of just grief when i lost my mom i would never hear anybody talk about having lost their loved one so when i started talking about it on this podcast i was so shocked that there were so many people experiencing similar things to me i know it was a bit irrational but because i was not hearing anybody talk about death and grief you almost feel even worse because you're like why am i the only one going through this like why was I the only one to lose a loved one? I don't know if that makes sense. But I'm glad that there's a space where we can openly talk about these things. And not only if you're the one who's lost someone, but as she said, if someone you love and care for is battling with grief, you can feel a bit helpless. I know that for sure. It's like, what do I say? You know, what are the words? So it's dope to have a space where we can all just openly talk about this yucky thing that is grief. And another thing, so this podcast plays on Trace Radio in Kenya every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon and at 7 p.m. So just head over to traceradio.co.ke. You'll see a list of all the frequencies and you can also see stream it live there thank you so much for listening to this podcast we're showing it so much love especially during our two-year anniversary birthday that one <laughs> we're two years old man thank you that's it for this episode of legally clueless you can share this podcast with your friends you can keep it for yourself i'm not judging just make sure you're here next week for the next episode